Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of EdTech Today. My name is Kevin Hogan, I'm your host, and with me today is Anthony Salcedo. Anthony is Vice President of Worldwide Education for a cool software company you may have heard of called Microsoft. Uh, Anthony and I have uh, met for several years now at, at BET, which is the British Education Technology Showcase usually held in London. Uh, at this time, unfortunately, as with everything else, the pandemic has caused that to go virtual. I do appreciate, Anthony, your time uh, to talk to me today, however. Great pleasure to be here with you, Kevin. I guess we should start by asking the question that everyone now asks each other, where were you when? Uh, for many educators here in the States, it was around March 13th uh, when our collective minds had to wrap themselves around the idea of entire school districts, entire countries uh, shutting down due to the pandemic. Talk a little bit about your first instances. I would assume maybe with your worldwide responsibilities, Asia may have been uh, one of the first instances that you had to deal with this situation. Yeah, certainly. It actually started uh, supporting schools in China, Hong Kong, and the area right outside of Wuhan uh, very early after the outbreak as schools moved um, away from physical classrooms and engagements. And initially, uh, like we all are continuing to learn, no one knew how long things would take and how, uh, how far the virus would, would spread. It started to become a bigger concern for me once we started to get engaged with Italy schools, uh, where the Italian schools uh, were starting to see the uh, surge of COVID-19 and then started to uh, work and learn remotely. And then uh, what happened in March, uh, it actually, COVID started in the U.S. really in the Seattle area. Uh, it was a, a nursing home um, in Kirkland, Washington, that actually uh, was one of the earliest uh, sightings of COVID in the United States. So it hit very close to home because uh, the nursing center that where the outbreak happened was just a block away or two from where I live. Wow. And so at Microsoft, we were very connected both on the global setting and working with schools uh, outside of China and Hong Kong, as well as in Italy, but also uh, where COVID started in the United States. So uh, I didn't expect we would be on uh, this type of, of, of dynamic with regards to COVID. And certainly uh, it's been a tough time for the world. And my heart goes out to all of the, uh, the caregivers, the folks that have been impacted personally as I have been in my family, but also um, really, uh, I have to say a great thank you to the, the teachers and the heroes every day. In my job at Microsoft, I am super fortunate to get a chance to work with awesome teachers. And normally I give them a high five or a hug. I get a chance to see them in their classroom. And I'm, I'm often energized by what I see and what I get a chance to serve. But I have been really, really incredibly impressed and profoundly impacted by the, the heroism of teachers dealing with this crisis with enthusiasm with resiliency uh, and with an innovative spirit that I think will hopefully carry us forward uh, as we transform education beyond COVID. Yes, I absolutely agree. Watching these professionals uh, deal with this crisis day after day uh, with not only their own students, but their own families at the same time really is an inspiration. One of the things that, you know, when you have a global pandemic, right, everyone is dealing with it. And that has been uh, a great source of learning because in the early days, Microsoft was getting smarter every single day. You know, we learn more the next day than we did the, all the other days previously. 
in terms of what the issues were, the size and scope of the challenges. And then we saw teachers sharing innovation because of necessity. Teachers were in the same boat, many facing the first time ever working and learning remotely. And really what we saw was teachers step up to help. Uh, we had you know, daily webinars where teachers were sharing their best practices and learnings, honest assessment of, hey, I'm afraid, or hey, this is challenging. How do I teach and learn? We have a, an incredible community of Microsoft innovative educators, and these teachers are rock stars. They stepped up and said, here's what I'm doing. Here's what to do, what not to do. And we learned a lot from the early days of remote learning in China, frankly, and they were pioneers in many ways of figuring out what to do, what not to do. And that helped us uh, really be prepared when uh, it, you know, it went global and we had to respond in such a massive way. Yeah, I mean, can you even really imagine the idea of this time last year, uh, the planet's collective kindergartners uh, being adept at the use of Microsoft Teams? Uh, well, I, I, would, I would have been overjoyed to see the kind of response and usage that we've had for Microsoft Teams. Uh, at that time, I never anticipated this way. And, and frankly, Teams is used, you know, one of the great things about Office 365 at Teams is such a wide variety of things that you can do with Teams. Uh, many people had been using Teams for collaboration, sharing uh, messages and documents uh, across Office 365, but not using it for remote learning, you know, live uh, synchronous learning like we're doing now. Uh, and that's areas that we had to, to add to the product. You know, we, you know, just like educators were learning from each other, we got tremendous feedback of what we needed to do. And one of the things I was really excited to see is our engineering team, teams dove right in. We listened to schools and classrooms and we added features and functionality to teams. You know, we went to uh, seven by seven uh, video screens. So you can have 49 students in a classroom all together. Uh, and we added that functionality very early of, of the COVID outbreak. And then we innovated with tools like the together mode. We, we, we heard a lot of feedback from teachers and we did some science research on uh, the visual fatigue of seeing the squares across the schools, across the boxes of students that we have and uh, the together mode experience in Teams, which was rolled out several months ago, enables a much cleaner and easier visual landscape where you can see everyone in one physical plane. If you watch the NBA playoffs, you got a chance to see the virtual fans. And one of the things that you saw if you watched those playoffs, the fans would high five each other virtually, even though they're in different parts of the world. Yeah. That happens in classrooms using together mode. Students will see each other around their peers. They will interact. Uh, digitally uh, in a playful way. And it, it, help, it really helps, uh, you know, bring the energy and the, the culture of a school together and help educators kind of get a sense of, are students paying attention? Is this landing? Uh, what's the reaction? So th things like that, I think, have been helpful. And, uh, but, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm inspired by what's happening. And, and really, the teachers have been really heroes throughout. I, I know hopefully we'll, we'll come to a close of COVID-19 and we'll um, we'll, you know, turn the chapter on the next challenge that we face as a people. But when we do victory parades and celebrations, certainly we'll have doctors and nurses and scientists right at the front of the parade. But I really want to make sure that educators have a prominent place uh, in the accolades that we share because they've really been stepping up in new ways. And this includes faculty as well, but uh, it's been humbling. You know, it's been a number of years now, Anthony, that uh, we've kind of had an annual review of the new initiatives that Microsoft is embarking on. 
uh, when it comes to implementing tools and techniques uh, into schools. Um, this year, obviously a little bit different. Uh, a lot of concepts have become realities. And honestly, a lot of educators that I've spoken to are seeing this moment as that time where for 10 years they've said, we've wanted, we've wanted to start these initiatives. Now they had to do it whether they liked it or not. Talk a little bit about some of these uh, new techniques that you see sticking around even after the crisis has passed. Um, yeah, well, I, I want to get back to school, but I don't think we should go, we should even aspire to get back to normal, right? We, we should want to be back in classrooms, want to be back together, but uh, we should embrace this new normal. And I think one of the, the words that we all should hold dear is purposefulness. <clears throat> and I think that what um, we learned in COVID is a more purposeful use of technology. If you think about the United States, in many ways, technology is actually um, really pivoted into the right direction, a much more thoughtful approach and purposeful approach. Before, just imagine when students were together, face-to-face -to -face in the classroom with tools and manipulatives, you know, blocks and crafting materials, what have you, with an educator in the classroom with their books and materials, we also added a cart to check out a computer. So when students were sitting in that classroom, they would have a, a computer in front of them. And then when students left the classroom, they'd put the computer right back into the cart and then they'd go off to the world or go home without that device. And in many ways, I think that we've, what we've learned is to value our time together, to connect with each other, or to have energy, to craft, and then to use technology when we're not together so we can connect, continue to learn and balance. And I think that is gonna be a, a huge thing that we'll take forward. More purposeful learning environments and embracing more learning modalities. These include synchronous environments and also asynchronous environments. We saw amazing examples. There's an incredible teacher in New York where I'm from. Uh, her name is Yuritsa Vallaba. She is a teacher that was new to remote learning, like all of us were at the time. She used an asynchronous tool, Flipgrid. You know, we often talk about Microsoft Teams, which is great. And there's been an amazing response to Teams in schools around the world. But tools like Microsoft Flipgrid have been huge heroes uh, for schools because you're going to want to learn in different ways. So there's going to be times that students are gathered together in synchronous ways. We're all live and connected. But there will be times where it may make sense for a teacher to start off the day with a challenge. Uh, and maybe that's in a live way or maybe it's with a video. And have students share their feedback or projects in a, a class project video stream. Uh, and Flipgrid is enabling that to happen. So what she started to do is do sort of rap battles where she would you know, teach history with raps and challenge students to record raps and reflection in Flipgrid. And it was not only fun, uh, students got their parents involved for playing instruments and uh, doing beatboxing uh, to, to help uh, with the projects. And I think educators have done this kind of way to not only bring tools together, but bring energy to the work that they've been doing. Let's go back and talk a little bit about the synchronous bit. Um, again, many educators I've been speaking to have pointed out some of the new dynamics as a result of using platforms like Teams to communicate with students, and not only with students, but with parents, with other teachers, with school board members. Um, now that we've all been thrust into this situation where school board meetings, uh, back to school nights, counseling meetings uh, are all being done this way, they've discovered that there's actually an advantage to it. 
uh, when it comes to the social-emotional learning aspects. Uh, that's a phrase we all know very well, but it has really come to the forefront during this crisis. Talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, we've heard, I've learned a lot from educators about this, and this has been hugely important. You know, social-emotional learning is a buzzword, and certainly what we've learned is when students are happier, they learn more, they're more, it's more effective. But it goes even beyond. Um, I've heard from many, many educators around the world and even faculty members who've said they've never been closer to their kids. And they, um, and it, part of it is, you know, you think about the dynamics. We've often talked about flipped learning and the design for putting students at the center. But in most classrooms, the teacher is at the front. They have a prominent position. Um, you know, they're not only the subject matter expert, but they're, you know, they're older, they, they're in a different uh, visual plane. But in an online forum, we're all in the same space. We all have, um, we all are at home. We're dealing with the same challenges each other. So what educators did was they opened up their home. They introduced their, their, their students to their pets and to their favorite objects in their homes. They, they met family members online to say hi. And it just brought more humanity to uh, everything that was being done. And that's something that I think we've all learned during this time of, of remote learning. What we've really recognized is the value and, and importance of being human together. And I think educators have learned that when you break down the barriers and you're more connected in that way, you can create more energy around the learning and the, and the work uh, uh, that students are doing. And I think that's something that we certainly should keep going forward and not get back to the way uh, it used to be uh, with that distance. And, I think we've learned that is important and that hopefully will accelerate the good work that's been happening on social emotional learning. Anthony, what about assessment? Uh, again, this time last year, many school districts would be gearing up to get ready to uh, prepare themselves for the spring uh, test testing. Uh, that obviously didn't happen last spring. Uh, many districts have discovered new ways in which to assess students, uh, either using these technologies and creating digital portfolios uh, as well as other sort of techniques. Talk a little bit about how Microsoft's uh, strategies have changed when it comes to monitoring and uh, assessing student work. Well, certainly what we have to do is recognize the, you know, where it all starts is really unleashing students' talents. You know, Microsoft's mission is to help enable students to, you know, not only achieve more, but realize their full potential in the changing workplace. And so the dynamics of what's needed, the skills that are required, the value of collaboration, creativity, the able to use data and technology to make decisions across a wide variety of industries, these are skills that we need. So we've got to be prioritizing that focus. How do we get the students to be thinking thoughtfully about how they develop skills that they need later in life as they pursue their passions and get career ready and job ready for the future? Uh, certainly, we saw challenges with, with things like standardized testing where it wasn't easy to do proctoring to get students in a room. And I think there's going to be a need for more remote uh, proctoring. Uh, how do I do a standardized test or a high stakes test inside my, my home and using cameras and, and audio uh, listening tools? Uh, there are examples that we've learned uh, are, are starting to be um, optimized for scale for schools. But I do think it's a time where we, we rethought everything around what's valuable in our classrooms uh, and the world of learning. How do we use technology in new ways? Everything should be, should be part of the, the conversation going forward. What I think that we've seen is really been there's three phases. 
There's been a response phase to COVID-19, which is largely about keeping people safe, making sure that we are valuing the health of our students and staff and educators. Um, and that's certainly something that I think we must do and continue to prioritize. There's a need for us to recover and respond to that, that recover space. Within a response phase, it's largely about really optimizing the existing environments for what we're dealing with. But we know that the, the phase that we need to get to is where we reimagine. And we start to think about in this new world where we've opened up a world of remote learning, how do we build on that? How do we leverage that in terms of how we deliver curriculum? How do we assess students' development? How do we enable digital tools and skills to provide more insight to personalized learning? Um, I, I met a great teacher in England. Her name is Angela Gillen. She was a teacher who never used remote learning before in classrooms. She started using Teams, and then she started to recognize that there was analytics tools in Teams and started realizing that a lot of her students were learning and, and taking their quizzes and exams because she was using the assignments workflow that we've enabled in Teams to schedule homework and assignments, but she could also track. And she was seeing her students were doing work at two in the morning and structuring a lot of their study that late. So she started to adapt how she structured the classes to enable this kind of dynamic to happen using insight and data to help personalize learning to individual kids that she was seeing this kind of dynamic within. And this is an important step. We've got to start to use the tools in a purposeful way, but leverage data to be more flexible. And I think that applies to everything from the styles of learning modalities to the way in which we evolve assessments, the way in which we incorporate competency learning and skills. So there's a wide variety of options that we've already started to see an example. And I think we'll keep those forward as we work to reimagine the future of education. Yeah, well, that brings us to another aspect uh, of all of this uh, professional development. Um, we're really kind of experiencing the, the largest beta test in ed tech history, right? Uh, for many years, there have been lots of educators saying, well, you know what? I don't need to use remote learning. I don't need to use these technologies because this is the way I've always taught chemistry. This is the way I always will. Well, we don't have that luxury anymore. Uh, talk a little bit about how you see the developments are uh, when it comes to educators learning how to use these tools to their own benefit as well as their students. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Um, you know, obviously we've learned a lot during this time, but one of the things that I will certainly hope, and we all should fight to make this the case, uh, as someone I've worked in this space for almost 30 years supporting technology transformation in education, many of the teachers, even throughout those 30 years, certainly in the early times where technology was very, very new in the home and in our daily lives, there was lots of fear and resistance to technology. And what I think a lot of that fear was built around was educators realizing that technology was a threat to them. They thought, hey, if more computers come in, my value goes down. What we learned clearly and globally when the world moved to technology-driven learning, where we were learning remotely and tools with technology, the value of teachers was enhanced. And you know, Microsoft knew this all along. We've been saying this, but lots of educators didn't listen. But I think they started to see, hey, I'm valued more. Parents who see work coming home on the kitchen table start to say, boy, that's amazing. Uh, she's my hero because of the work that she's doing how they could see that, that what what happens in classrooms the magic that happens in those four walls was now on display for parents and i'm hopeful that we all remember that because educators need to remember hey 
hey, the technology is a tool. It could be an op opportunity for you to expand the ways in which you have impact beyond the classroom, enable you to have insight of what individual students in your classroom need. And then hopefully all of us get a chance to, to see and remember the impact that teachers make because uh, it was on display for the world during the COVID time. And I'm, I think that's an area that's right. So from a readiness standpoint, Kevin, you're absolutely right. I think we got a catalyst um, to drive some of the, the push that we needed to transform the thinking around technology uh, with educators. And, and certainly that's something that we should, we should hope carries forward. Yeah, one especially uh, disturbing aspect uh, to this situation is the, the concept of digital equity. Um, I think the statistic here in the U.S. is uh, 3 million students have yet to reconnect with their schools, whether in person or remote, because of their lack of access to technology. Uh, I know with your work worldwide, you have seen situations where the situation is even more dire. Can you talk a little bit to um, the solutions that are at hand that we can deal with this sort of situation? Well, sir, thank you, Kevin, for making that, that the question because I will tell you, COVID in many ways uh, accelerated some of the issues um, that we saw before. I mean, equity was a problem before COVID, right? It, it, there were students that didn't have access to technology, didn't have access to a quality education, there were accessibility challenges that limited students. All of these things uh, existed. In many cases, were intensified because of COVID. So hopefully what we do is, hey, we're gonna get more energy around solving these things because I think it's more clear that we've got this gap. And certainly we're working to fight that across everything from policymakers and how we think about the value of technology. We need government officials to recognize that uh, an, ed an, an education spend, whether it's technology, whether it's a great teacher, is an investment on the economic future and the viability of economic growth. And we see countries, emerging countries around the world who put dollars and in investment into education with a recognition that it's the only way to shift the economic future, to build students that will become the future innovators, entrepreneurs to grow the economies and be job creators. This is the mindset we've got to have as we address the equity gap. There's no shortage of talent. The students that are, are not connected to their districts, don't have access to a computer, not part of this, this you know, technology future, these could be the next education technology leaders uh, that we have in the world. We just have to give those kids a chance. And that's something we've got to be motivated to do. One of the things that we've been always embracing at Microsoft is flexibility. Obviously, we're working with the ecosystem of hardware providers, software providers, telecommunications companies to think of new ways to, to solve this issue. We continue to make our tools available and extensible for schools to use without cost. Uh, but what we've also done is thought about the importance of, of offline learning. Uh, we've partnered with UNICEF uh, to deliver a, pro a product that we've uh, built called the Learning Passport, which helps them uh, offer really, um, um, you know, um, students that need and communities that need access to learning materials uh, with very um, zero connectivity, low connectivity uh, tools for, for these areas. And we've got to be thoughtful of the dynamics. Even tools that embrace synchronous and asynchronous learning, like Flipgrid, have helped. Uh, one of the things we saw very early days in China was, you know, the parents were isolated and working from home too. So you may have had a family of two children and two parents with two computers. And before COVID, that was very healthy balance. 
But when, when all four of those people needed to be online at the same time for a class or a meeting, that technology dynamic became a challenge. So having learning environments that are more flexible, that use recorded lectures, physical tools, and balance a student's day across a mix of experiences, it enables technology to be shared within the home more naturally. So I think that's part of the thinking as well, using what we have more smartly and be more flexible. And Microsoft has been very focused on building flexibility in our solutions uh, to help students of all types. How have mobile technologies uh, affected this transition uh, during the pandemic? Uh, so when you say mobile technologies, can you just clarify so I can better answer? Yeah, by that I mean instead of using a laptop, using a phone. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's an example I was just highlighting with Flipgrid. Uh, most of Flipgrid recordings, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Flipgrid, but it's essentially a video sharing tool. Uh, think about TikTok, but for classrooms. You know, you're, a teacher will set up a, a class Flipgrid or maybe a subject Flipgrid, and um, students will record themselves on their phone, uh, sharing their feedback um, on what they learned uh, and enhancing the collaboration. So an educator may start a challenge, you know, we're gonna learn about X, maybe do a 30 minute lecture, and then ask the students as part of their, res their response to reflect on what they learned. And what you'll see is students will record videos, add to other videos, et cetera. So that, that dynamic on phones and mobile devices is important. We've also optimized our tools like OneNote and Teams to work great on mobile devices. And that's certainly important because students are using tablets or phones uh, to stay connected to the classrooms. And I think that's certainly something we've gotta be mindful of. Uh, it's more about being together and connected and certainly a wide variety of devices need to be a part of the solution. Well, Anthony, uh, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy guy. Uh, I'd like to wrap up these conversations with one final glass half full question. And that is, what is the, what is the one thing that you're hopeful for? What is that one thing that you think that we will take from this crisis uh, and use to improve the way that we teach and learn? Yeah, I think that uh, we've, we've learned that, that technology has, the, has a place if it's purposely used. And I think the value of being together as humans, as people, import, recognize the importance of the skills that we're generating, the mindset we have, the well-being of students, uh, are they ready to learn, are they feeling secure, is super important. Uh, I also want to hope that during this time where the world's crisis has been solved and supported by scientists, nurses, doctors, the new heroes for our students growing up who are you know, impressionable and, and realize, recognize, hey, I wanna do that. I wanna, I wanna be a doctor or a nurse. I wanna learn science. I wanna use technology uh, to, to analyze data. Hopefully this is going to inspire students to step up because we're gonna face new challenges uh, on the planet going forward. And we're gonna need this generation of students so impacted by this uh, pandemic to put their talents to the test and really step up. And I'm, I'm hopeful educators can really seize the opportunity to you know, unleash the talents that they have within their classrooms uh, to make a better future. And, and I'm, I'm excited about the, the opportunity that uh, all of us have to step up and serve the amazing heroes in our classrooms, but really unleash that great talent that students have. Uh, and, this has been a tough time for all of us. I'm incredibly um, grateful for the educators and school leaders who've done tireless work to help their students be successful. Uh, I recognize the importance that parents have played during this time. Uh, and Microsoft, we're gonna stay committed to serve those uh, heroes to make a better future. 
Well, once again, Anthony, thanks for all the work you do. And thanks to Microsoft for the support that um, your organization has given the world students these past 12 months. And look forward to talking to you again soon uh, as we continue to climb out of this. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's a great pleasure and good to talk to you. And thanks to everyone who is watching and or listening. <laughs>